show episode number 282 my name is john morgan cold coffee is with me mm-hmm. and where else will we be of course we're in las vegas nevada the mma road show is uh staying home these days just like everybody else and when i say home i mean of course the casa de cold coffee yes. on this blistering august afternoon i'm telling you as many times as we sit here and tell you what a wonderful place Las Vegas is. And it is. We're not making yeah. anything up. Yeah. I love living in Las Vegas. It yeah. is a phenomenal place to be for so many reasons. Entertainment options. I mean, of course, the fight capital of the world. For so far, our, our work, it's great. Uh, I tell you how wonderful April and October are. Man, the weather is gorgeous. you got to come out during yep. those months. Oh, I mean, there's, there's wonderful ta- look tax reasons. We don't have income tax. It's nice. I mean, our property taxes are low. There's, there's lots of things. You're just preaching it. You're just I'm selling it. You, selling it. I will say. Late August sucks. It's hot. I don't care how long I'm here. Man, when you see that weather report and it's like 115 in the morning, 90 at night, yeah. you know, that's the high and the low, uh, and that's that's kind of the stretch we're in right now. But it's the home stretch. We're, we're, we're at the end of August, and this is the part of the time where you just – you don't go do a lot of stuff outdoors. You just kind of – you kind of sit through it and, uh, you know, and, and, and you wait for September and October to roll in. Yeah, we're we're in day fifty something. I think I don't know if we broached sixty consecutive days of three digit degrees. Is that right? Yeah. I, I wasn't. Worried. That's what it is. It's not the fact that like okay, it's hot outside, and it's not the fact that it's just like oh my god, this is the hottest I've ever been because I've been in places that are worse. Yeah, it's just that sustained like thirty to sixty day period of yeah. it's just hot There's all the no time. Lineup. Even when you go out at nighttime, it's still hot outside. Well, it's funny because I saw the, I saw uh, your Instagram or maybe it was D's Instagram uh, where Eli was out in the rain. Right. Like a le- through a lot of these stretches, we don't get rain, and here it didn't rain in my place. And you're, you know, what two hours outside of town. <laughs> It rained. Fifteen there. minutes from here, sir. Fifteen minutes <laughs> from here. It rained over there, so we don't get much reprieve. Yeah, we're just in that point where it just once it becomes this oppressive heat, there's just no let up, and I don't think there's any let up inside. I, I haven't heard the the meteorologist say, "Oh, hey, look forward to today, whatever from now, we're gonna have something below, yeah, you know, three digits." It's just it is what it is. It's just hot. I mean, it's just well, this is just it, the price. This is the, the to me. This is like the month where you just pay the price. Like you, you, yeah. you love everything about Las Vegas. You, you, you love the place you live. But for one month, you got to pay the price, man. It's like yeah. this is this is your taxation right here. That's it. That's <laughs> <laughs> and everything pays the price. Like uh, this is the like uh, I never knew this before coming to live in the desert. Like your car battery goes quicker out here. Your tires. Go Tires make sense because it's on the, the, Cause the asphalt the is so asphalt. hot, right? But yeah, when uh, I, I battery. had a battery that lasted for years when I got the car, and then when they were replacing it, uh, I had no idea. Um, and this just could be AAA saying their thing. They're like, no, typically out in the desert, batteries last. You're lucky if a battery lasts like three years because of the, the heat just drains it. I mean, in my car, there's some days where I feel like my car is like, why are you driving? You know, I'll try to run the AC and you just feel your car just bogging down yeah, because it's man. trying to you're trying to hit that accelerator. And it's like, bro, I'm trying to keep you cold. I'm trying to keep you cold. Now you want to go fast? Pick one. So a lot of times if I'm trying to get somewhere, I'm like, 
all right, do I turn the AC off? Do I roll the windows down and just let the air come in? I'm like, ah, no, it's hot as hell out there. Like, let's just take our time. But, and plus, well, my cars, it's not a brand new car like, you know, the Morgan household. I got a, <sighs> no, I got no. a nice, you know, 10 yeah. year old car. <laughs> I love it. It's like, like, I'm rolling a Kia Soul, bro. It, it, it may be a new, it's a it's 2020 still, Kia Soul. It's a 2020. Soul. It's a 2020 Look, Kia Soul. You, you got Soul. a new computer. You got that 2020 Kia Soul. Dog, you living the best life out here. In the <laughs> Corona, Corona best life out here. Uh, Oh, man. Well, I'll tell you what's making us live the best life, actually. I mean, you mentioned the 2020 Kia Soul. You do mention the new MacBook Pro, which is very, very expensive, and I spent a lot of money on it, but it has made my life considerably better. Yeah, uh, I, I like I, I like how you've learned, and, and the, the frosty beverage is, is a good two feet, to, uh, yes. 18 inches to two feet away from the The money new that I dropped on this computer, <laughs> the beverages are staying away from it. But that is what's making things better. The latch key brewing have, mm. that have provided the frosty beverages this week, uh, 1795 Hancock Street out there in San Diego, California. If you're in San what is Diego. It? Han, Han what? Han what street? Cock. Oh, okay. Yes, Han Cock. Not to be confused with, you know, Hanford or no, something. No, no, no. This is Hancock. It's 1795 Hancock Street, San Diego, California. Uh, reach out to our friends out there. We're starting off today with a fogger. It is a crisp, light, and slightly hoppy foggy pilsner. Mm. It's very tasty. It's very light, you know, and it's very good on, on a hot day well? like this. This is the fogger. Yeah, that's the fogger. Well, I, I was going to go behind the curtain. Let's take them behind the curtain. That ain't the first one. <laughs> oh, no, no. We've, yeah, we've had a couple of foggers. So the first point. one was the fogger. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's delicious. We're the yeah, we're still going through the fog. Oh, it is still we'll, the fogger. Okay. Yeah, and then we'll move on. Because I, I, So I apologize. I knew we were on our second beer. I didn't realize it was the second. After the that, we'll set. move on to the Doppeldacker. It's a Doppelbach. It's rich, deep maltiness, toasted caramel, deep red brown color, and a soft finish. Yeah, it's, it's better to, to work into that. That's why I figured. If we start off with that, you know, then I, I get. I get to become crazy coffee. That's it. Really, I didn't really want to do quickly. that. I figured, you know, this nice hot summer day, let's have this nice cold beverage. Hop into so it with the fogger. Hop into it with the, the fogger. Look at that. They should use that as a tagline. Uh, by the way, if you want to pick up some uh, Latchkey Brewing, if you're in that San Diego, California area, make sure you do it. Uh, they they are still doing uh, to-go orders, actually, from their, their tap room. The tap room's closed right now because of COVID, but uh, you can still pick up brews between uh, Monday through Friday between 3 and 5 p.m. and weekends, noon to 3 p.m. Uh, you can put your, uh, your order in online at their website as well. And if nothing else, just reach out to our man Anthony Beach. Anthony.m.beach on Instagram. He is the Latchkey Brewing head brewer uh, and, a, and a hardcore MMA fan, a good friend of ours. So We will take uh, credit for them renaming the Hatch IPA. They did rename the Even though the we can't IPA. remember what it's being renamed to. Yes, it. because we thought it had it. a Hatch chili in it. I think they I think they listened to our episode, realized that we are idiots. They're like, oh, and they made it. we should help these guys out. Thank Let's you, change Latch the key. name. Thank you. Uh, so get your Hatch IPA if you can right now because that's limited edition. Soon it's, it's called something else. <laughs> we don't remember what it's called. We don't know, though. But it, get it while it's the Hatch. Uh, I do want to give a quick shout-out to Zachary Nelson as well. He sent us over some frosty beverage funds. We're going to save him for next week. Uh, but he is the latest in the string of fantastic listeners to the MMA Roadshow who reached out on Venmo.com. It is John-Morgan-400. And sent us some frosty beverage funds. So we, we're taken care awesome. of by Latchkey. But I want to give the shout-out to Zachary Nelson this week, and uh, we'll, we'll dip into those frosty beverage funds next week. We always, Before thank we get you, to MMA, yeah, thank you, Zachary. We, before we get to MMA, obviously this is what we talk We always give a little bit of a brief personal update. Uh, so I just want to give a, kind of a shout-out. Uh, I'm on furlough this week, which uh, is not great. Don't love the furlough. We've been dealing with this since March. But I want to give a bit of good news. You and I both only have one week each of furlough remaining. Our company – 
Gannett, USA true. Today, they have announced that uh, the furloughs will end in September. So each of us, we've been missing a, uh, you know, a week, a month since, uh, since March. Or I guess April was the first one. Uh, but they've announced that uh, are the furloughs are going to be over at the end yeah. of September. So we'll be back to 100% full-time. And uh, I, I'm, I'm happy that that's going to be behind us. Now, unfortunately, I'm going to be honest. I think that means that they're getting rid of furloughs, but they're going to end up laying off some people across the company. Yeah, I hate to say that, but I'm knocking Hope on wood. Not. I'm knocking on wood yeah. because I feel like MMA is in a good space, man. Yeah. We've gotten some good feedback from our bosses, and you know the fact that the the world is going again as far as MMA is going. Um, it sounds like I, I'm not saying we're we're through the you know through the woods all the way, but I feel like we're we're in a good spot. So I, I'm excited about that. It looks like yeah. we're going to be getting back to work full time. No more unemployment. Uh, I, I I hate filing for unemployment. It's nice that the program's there and that we get an opportunity to do that. But yeah. I, I hate I hate doing that, man. I, I'm 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 a proud man that likes to work, and uh, I'm excited that we get back to doing it full time. So I just want to yep. give that little that little personal update. That's good. What I, some would say, you're a dreamer. A dreamer, you say? Oh, no, that's the hatch. That's, that's the name of the hatch. <laughs> I just looked it up. The dreamer, which is a very cool, very very cool name, and it's actually got a pretty cool logo. And you're right, it does sort of. Give flavor of like prince esque sort of it has like some purple vibe, to yeah. It's right? got like a purple sort of logo, and then this not that it's actually one. the prince logo, so leave Latchkey Brewing uh, uh, alone, yes. Uh, if you prince, prince uh, foundation, foundation, yeah, <laughs> leave them alone, they're fine, it's it's all good, but you're just right. saying it gives you some vibe, it does give you a vibe. It does well, I remember because yeah, a few of those I was feeling I was having all kinds of feels, which I'm gonna have after. It was giving you a little bit of a dreamer, a little bit of a dreamer, a little bit of a dreamer. But um, to go back to the the layoffs and the lack of layoffs, I'm I'm one of those weirdos that pays attentions to like earnings calls Mm -hmm. and things of that sort. And I did, you know, because when they have the company meetings, they're like, everybody, furloughs are gonna be done. Hey, 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 and then let's move on to a new situation. But it was in the earnings call where they're actually like, yes, we're done with furloughs, but we're gonna be looking at permanent. Uh, permanent cost reductions. Yeah. Now, that doesn't just mean, though, that it could be uh, layoffs because part of that is one of the things that makes me feel a little bit good and, and just for others that may be dealing with the same sort of things. Uh, a lot of times, large companies like Gannett and USA Today and that, they acquire property for right. where they have their headquarters and all that kind of stuff. So part of the permanent uh, cost reductions is they're getting rid of real estate. So I know a lot of, uh, they. I think they own or have or maybe one of the things they were saying they have like over a hundred million dollars. Well, that's right because we're estate. finding out people can work from home, right? So right. people can work so from why, home and we why can do operate you need this fancy big building, especially in some of these locations. Like I can only imagine like what they're paying in rent for the building in downtown New York. Oh. You know, I mean, like that's just got to be unreal. Yeah. And I'm sure L.A. is is just as bad, not quite as bad because it's not middle and it was. Yeah, it's not downtown. Yeah. Um. So there's other ways that they're going to do it, but. I, but I'm with you. I think there's the, the possibility there could be layoffs within the organization. But hopefully, knock on wood. Hopefully, knock on wood that that is uh, not the case. Because you know, even though while we might be good, you know, you don't want that for anybody within the organization. I think this so. allows them to make specialized decisions. Whereas before, it was a company wide thing. You know, we mentioned yeah. it. It was like even though MMA was back and the UFC was back and now Bellator's back and everything was coming back, right? That we were still subject to essentially the same orders that everybody in the company was yeah. facing. And now I think they're saying, hey, let's stop doing these company-wide things and now let's pick things individually. And I, I'm, I'm optimistic. I mean, I think that MMA, 
you know, our, our tra- I mean, I can tell you, our traffic is good. You know, we're back. The, yeah. the sport's back. I mean, and and uh, there's no <laughs> slowdown of events, sir. That, there's no slowdown of events. For, that is for sure. Uh, well, I mean, still, just before we move into the MMA, you definitely hope that all the other sports, because we need the other sports to pick up, and yes. they've they've been doing their part. But you know, with the NFL still sort of in question, and with college sports gone, uh, you know, we're still definitely feeling that sort of thing. So I'm hoping that the the NFL stuff kind of works itself out. Um, so, uh, but yes, as for the no lack of events um, with these two, so Tuesdays um, we have the contender series. Now we're having UFC fights on Saturdays. But what the other part of that for me, a guy that likes working at home, that likes staying at home. Now that means Sunday on my day off, I go to get a COVID test. Right. Monday morning, we go early to get our temp check, get make sure we're cleared, and then we do the, the weigh-ins. So then we process that stuff. Tuesdays, we go and we actually cover the fight night. Right. Wednesdays now is becoming media, media days. Day. So now we have virtual media days on Wednesdays. So now my Thursday is now kind of being my other day off. But now Thursdays, I go, go get, get my COVID, COVID test. test again so that I can attend the Friday, Friday weigh-ins in the morning. And then fight night I on I hadn't even Saturday. thought about that. We're leaving home six days. I mean, two of the days are literally just to drive to the hotel, get somebody to stick a Q-tip yeah. down your throat, and then walk out. So now there's like one day during the week where I don't have to leave my house. So it's funny. So John was like, you should come over to the house. I know you're sick of your house. You want to get out of there? Come to the house. I'm, I was thinking – Bro, I gotta leave the house like every day now. I'm like, we were I, almost I at the Casa sit. de John Morgan today. We were trying to do it at the Casa de John Morgan just to get cold coffee out of the house a little bit. But yeah, you're right. I hadn't thought about that. You're not it's sick crazy. of the house. You're, you're it's crazy all the time. You're how of, much. You're sick of the Holiday Inn and sick <laughs> the, and the Renaissance and the Renaissance. Even though the staff has been no, it's not a Renaissance. It's a residence inn. What are we residence, talking about? Whatever Renaissance. You're trying that, to, that's like a nice place. Step, yeah, you're trying to step the game up a little. <laughs> it's a residence inn. I mean, it's not a bad place. No, it's not. I mean, maybe I pa- do we pass a Renaissance? Get there. I don't know where I got the renaissance in my head but maybe it's just because it's an r or whatever but yeah it's definitely not a it's definitely not fancy it is neat though it is in the uh the shadow of the uh allegiant stadium yeah you can so that mean, stadium it's literally right there oh man just driving past it, it it's really really neat uh looking forward to, to see what it looks like on the inside but yeah man we have plenty of mma and here we are in like what week three I think of this like eight week stretch, and I'm already over it, bro. Like <laughs> we're all sitting there in the in the fight night, and you could see in the in the in the media tent, and you could see people are being fatigued, like doing this dance routine twice a week for a different set of like weigh-ins and then fight night. It's it's starting to wear down, but it's like we're you're all just sort of giving that mental pump up, like. We can't complain now. We still got like five more weeks of it. I mean, you know? who's but who's really going to all of them? Like, obviously, we are. I mean, I'm not this week because I'm on furlough. Oscar Willis from the Mac Life is going to all Oscar, of them. Oscar. I mean, you have some of the. Well, Scott Peterson's been going to from MMA Weekly. He's basically yeah, he, been going to everything. He takes like a week off every now and then to go yeah, back home. Yeah, like he's been skipping like portions of it. Like he wasn't there. His family at lives the, uh, in Utah, and then he comes down yeah. to Vegas. He's got a place here in Vegas where he stays. Yeah. But I think he like after a while he feels like he has to go back home. And yeah, I think he was there for the contender series. This one, so I mean, it's not a huge amount of people doing but those it. that are those are tied together. But those that I mean are, are grinding, are grinding, uh, and yeah, it's just it's it's getting tired. I guess like we're saying, it's a good problem hey, to have. Good, that's what I'm saying. It's a good problem to have. It's a but, good uh, problem to have. Yeah, it just gets. You, mean, you want me to take you back to to March and April? Remember what we were doing then? Yeah, let me take I you back to then. I can barely remember last week. <laughs> take That's you back to when we had no events and we were scrambling to figure out how we were going to cover anything how we and have, have any anything coverage? to put on the website what at all. What are we going to put on the website? Oh my now god! Now it's like, oh my goodness. 
but uh, you're right. It is it is a good thing, uh, a good problem to have. It's so funny. Like, whereas before it felt like, man, when are we ever going to see Dana? When are we going to get Dana? I feel like we see Dana nonstop now. <laughs> Two or now. three or four times. We're a seeing week him like, like I was like, wow, we just saw you like three days ago. Like, what do we have to ask you that hasn't already been asked? So good, man. <laughs> kind of funny. Well, one of the things you guys did talk to about it was funny. You know, missing out on on this week of work. Uh, John Jones, no longer <laughs> USC champion. He is. Yep. Uh, giving up his title, and I tell you what, man, this was this was a uh, you know kind of a, I mean, it's a big event. There's no question about it. for John Jones to no longer be the USC light heavyweight champion is big. It's newsworthy, of course. It it has shockwaves, it has ripples, but I gotta say, on the one hand, I, I I'm and I guess part of it is probably because I'm not working this week, so I didn't have to write anything about it or I didn't have to you know ask questions about it. But me, just as an observer. I feel like I'm not as affected by this news as I should be. Like, on the one hand, it's not really surprising because he kind of already teased it already, right? Like, he yep. already said, like, so basically all you have is he just followed through on his tease. Yep. But the other thing is, with all the times that he's been stripped and now given up the title and just, like, a reign has ended because somebody said he did versus him actually losing, like, I don't feel, like, shocked or that this is, like, some scandalous episode in, in UFC, like... Can you believe that John Jones is no longer UFC light heavyweight champion? So yep. I don't know. I feel weird. It's it's big news. It's incredibly relevant. It's historical. It's a thing. But I feel like I'm just not excited. Like excited is the wrong word, but yeah. I'm just not worked up about it. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be one thing if he was actively fighting all the time. With this whole talk of leaving the belt, wanting this other stuff, I felt like it wasn't out of left field. Like we weren't surprised right. by this news, you know. I, I guess I was surprised by the fact that it it actually played itself out. You right. know, it's one thing to hear somebody say, I want this, I want this, you know, as a negotiating uh, bargaining chip. Um, but for him to actually follow through, it was just kind of interesting, you know, uh, that whole series of tweet like, oh, you know, I vacated the belt, you know, thank you, UFC. And then moments later, you know, hey, had a good follow-up call, you know, and we're talking about the, the heavyweight thing. It almost felt like, that could have probably had been touched on a little bit in the first call, right? You know, like it's like we didn't actually have a plan in place. Like yeah. I still feel like, I still feel like there's going to be negotiations when it comes time to have his first heavyweight fight. Like I don't feel oh, like yeah. they've, I don't feel like they've settled on a number, settled on opponents. You know what I mean? Right. Like you're right. That series of tweets led me to believe that this isn't all done and ready. And and hey, let's just let's just get that heavyweight fight booked. Yeah, set. I mean it's one thing though. I think when it, you come to the bargaining, it's one thing when he is the light heavyweight champ and he felt he was being prodded and and pushed into the heavyweight decision. You know, so he was like, well, if you're going to make me step in there with more dangerous people, I want more money. I want this, this, this. I'm already the champ of this. When that didn't sort of gain traction. And now that he's, you know, was vacating it, it's not like he can go straight back into it and be like, hey, I want – he could still ask for and demand what he wants to be paid. But that whole sort of magic part of, hey, I'm stepping up in division, I'm the current belt holder, all that's gone. So, so now you just lost leverage here. Yeah, now he's just negotiating a price for a heavyweight fight, you know. So I think he's prob- – he either probably – in his mind, he probably feels – that he's at the same point because, or maybe that's how the UFC is treating them at the same point. It was like you're just negotiating another fight. Um, maybe at this sense, since his other contract was under light heavyweight, maybe he's able to kind of like now he is able to say, "This is a brand new contract. 
this is whatever, and then you can start at a new point when it comes with the money, whereas before he was already existing fighter under contract as a light heavyweight. It's interesting, man. I hadn't thought about it that way because it did strike me just as I said, like, hey, this isn't all done. Like, there's still going to be talks and negotiations to be held. But I kind of felt like maybe they were at least on the same page and understanding where they were going. I didn't even yeah. think about the fact that maybe he actually ended up giving up some leverage. And now that you, you mention it, you might be right. You never know. You I might mean, you never know. So I mean, this has to be a brand new contract at this point, though, because, I mean, he, since he has vacated and, in a sense, stepped away from his light heavyweight career, he's still, I guess, tenured to them to where his fights need to be underneath that banner. But maybe unless there's something in there, and I don't think there would be anything in the verbiage of his first contract that says you could fight at this one or this one. And that's it's the same thing. That's assuming... the only thing that I can imagine is that, and, and again, I, I, mean, I haven't reached out to, to Malky or, or Abe this week or, or John to find out um, because I couldn't report it if I, if I did. So I feel kind of bad doing that um, because I, I'll be reached out to them under false pretenses. But um, the only thing I could think is that – Because you're furloughed. Oh, because I'm furloughed, yeah, exactly. So I can't, I can't write anything about it. The only, so the only thing I could think is that, that maybe the UFC at least agreed, like, look – you want to step away from the light heavyweight title? Fine. We appreciate that because we can move forward. We'll pay you what whatever your contract says when you come back to heavyweight, we'll pay you that. So at least, you know, not saying, hey, we'll give you more money like he was asking before. Yeah. That was the only He's thing at I could think. He's at least going to get that. That's what I would think. That's what I would think. Yeah. That, that would be the only reason I would think that he would say, you know what, I was, I'm okay walking away right now because they said I'm at least – I'm, I'm going to walk yeah. back in on the same contract I had, which I could get. So, but, but let me, Okay, so let me ask you this then. Because I think you bring up a great point in terms of what the contract is and what his leverage could be. Why do you think he went ahead and pulled the trigger on this? Because, you know, you got Dominic Reyes coming out saying, you know, he did it because of me. He's scared. He doesn't want to fight me. I don't blame Dominic for saying that. That's the right thing to say. Yeah, sure. It ain't true. Yeah. John Jones is not scared of you. Uh, Tiago Santos, uh, Jan Blahovich, he ain't scared of those guys. Right. You know what I mean? So I, I, I wonder what the reasoning was in kind of pulling – and finally, I guess, pulling the trigger on this – and I'll give you my theory first, and then you can tell me if I'm crazy or, or what you think, is that I think John Jones uh, has plenty of money in the bank at this point. I don't think sure. he's concerned about finances. I think that uh, he really isn't motivated by fighting those guys. As silly as that may sound, I, I don't think that that really gets him excited to go do those things again. And I think that he sees for himself – that as great as he is, I mean, he he has to be in any discussion of the greatest of all time. If you're not including his name, the only reason people don't include his name is because they point out the the drug test failures. Like, if you're really talking about results and you're not including him in the greatest of all time, then that just means you don't like John Jones as far as I'm concerned. But I think he sits back and realizes that his career is not over, but it is starting to come to an end. And he goes, in order for me to to – to be that super popular figure, because he's never been that super popular figure, right? His greatness is recognized, but he's never been the superstar, at least as far as I'm concerned. Not, not the. I don't think he's ever been one of the top stars in the sport. I think he thinks he has to do something bold. Uh, uh, and and I look at you know the the two names I point out to me right now. They're two of the biggest stars in the sport that made bold moves. Conor McGregor, of course. Now mm -hmm. he's he's on a different level, but the bold moves he he's made is an amazing. But then you look at like what. Jorge Masvidal has done lately, you know, making bold moves as well, doing yeah. different things, and you look at where his star power and popularity is. So, I, 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 to me, that's my theory. That's why I think he's doing this. Because I don't think the UFC has promised him any more money, even though he wanted more money. 
I do not think he's scared of Dominic Reyes. Uh, I, in fact, I scored the first fight for him. It was a very, very close fight. I scored the first fight for John Jones. I don't think he lost that fight, but I understand why people think he did. I don't think John Jones is scared of Dominic Reyes. Right. I don't blame – again, I do not blame Dominic for saying that. That is absolutely the <laughs> right thing to say. That's what you're supposed to say. He ran from me. I'm, he ran from me. That's what you do. Yeah. I don't think he's scared of me, those guys. I honestly just think he's not motivated by it. I think he needs – he's been dominant for so long. He's got plenty of money in the bank. He needs motivation. He needs something to stir his interest, to get his passion up. And I think he realizes that in order to be the superstar that I think he wants to be, not that he's not one of the all-time greats. To me, he's my greatest of all time. I say I think he is the MMA GOAT. But I think he wants that love and that respect and that superstar status. And I think he thinks to do that, you've got to make bold moves, and this is the bold move. This is how you bank on yourself and take yourself to the next level. Anything I, to that? I certainly think that, uh, you know, with the fights that could come at heavyweight, maybe uh, it would get some more acceptability or maybe from these casuals. Because I think when it comes to superstar, I think, you know, to, I guess, go with but counter your point, I think he's every bit as big as superstar when it comes to the regulars, the people that watch MMA. I mean, I, when I saw, you know, you saw some of these press conferences and he would go in there and people would just lose their shit. That's true. But he didn't have the same sort of name value on the street as if Connor would walk the street. Right. If Connor would walk the street one block ahead of John Jones, people one block ahead would be freaking out. <laughs> the people that knew who John Jones or that followed the sport would be like, holy shit, that's Jones. That's cool shit. Right. But every other person would just, oh. Who was that other guy that was that walked yeah, by yeah. earlier, just before yeah. him? You know, so I think in the terms of superstar status, he just maybe didn't get there as much with the casuals, but he's every bit as as much a superstar amongst uh, the diehards. Definitely, definitely, as even as even like George, even though George is like a hot frying pan, he's so hot right now. I still think George George's star power. Uh, I'm sorry, Jones's star power amongst uh, diehards is still bigger than George's. I think I would agree I think, with that. I you know what? It, I would agree with that. I, I think it's I just think the casuals. Fair. I think it's the people on the outside, you know, that were just cramming. You had the TV stations. You had the shows. Everybody just loved the story behind them. You I would know? agree with that. So so there's that. But, you know, one of the things, you know, as you were talking and you, you were saying about the different contract, I think the one, one of the great things about what's kind of probably in John's mind is that even though he wants to go to heavyweight, and I, I completely agree with you that the excitement level is probably waned for him, mm-hmm. and while – he could be nearing the end of his career. It could be not that it's a, a physical thing, but it's more of his overall excitement. Is he getting out of the sport what he wants to get out of it? And if he's not, I could see him vacating and just leaving the sport because, like you said, the man has money in his bank. And with that money in the bank, it allows him to, I guess, make decisions uh, that are better for, I guess, his overall mental state. You know, he, could, he right. wants to be excited to do these yep. sort of things. But going back to... So here he goes, and if he wants to do this heavyweight, say he does even get the money that he already was promised before, I think in his mind he realized, hey, you know, if I'm not going to get more money, if I'm willing to vacate this belt, he's already happy with that number amount, and he's excited to do with other things. But with this heavyweight thing, if it does possibly give him the opportunity of starting a new contract, getting some fights that are exciting, something that, and, and, and that he's excited about, the unique thing with Jones is – What's going to happen if Jones like, okay, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight once. I'm going to fight twice in heavyweight. And he's like, I'm getting that itch, Dana. Uh, I think I want to take just one more. One more going down. Right. They're going to have to give him a title shot. Oh, yeah. 
So if he says he can cut back down again, they'll give him a title. You shot. have to. So even though he's vacating and jumping to the the heavyweight, he knows in the back of his mind that if he wants another shot at a heavyweight, or I'm sorry, a light heavy weight title shot, yeah. all he has to do is say the word. Absolutely. I would say even if he went to heavyweight and lost, even if he went to heavyweight and lost he twice, still go back. he still walk back to a title yeah, shot. Yeah, so it's not like, so yes, he is vacating, but it's all, it's not like he's leaving the organization and he's putting an end, he's not burning the bridge, Yeah, he's. it's not like you can never go back there again. I guess that's another reason why I'm just all not like worked up about it. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm excited about what's going to happen next, but, I'm, but like I said, I don't feel like... <gasps> Yeah. He said what? I mean, I'm, I'm 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 excited that I'm still going to see him fight. I'm glad that he's not just walking away and then we see him randomly in eight and a half years doing an exhibition boxing <laughs> match or something, and then eventually makes his return to MMA at 46. Oh, that'd be you terrible. Know? All right, so what's so what's the path here? Because um, you know Dana came out and said, look, he can't cut in front of Nagano, which I love hearing that. Yep. I love hearing that. Yep. Nagano should get the next title shot. It should be the rematch with Stipe. I think that's the fight that's on the table. So you got to get him in against, to me, somebody that at least has the potential of, of being a number one contender fight, right? But yeah, it doesn't like necessarily top five, you would think, upper top right, ten. But, but here, all right, but hear me out on this one because you think you're right about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said top ten. Now we're talking. I, here's the thing is. Uh, it has to be a name. I don't think you don't put him against a nobody, right? I mean, right. Uh, for instance, like I, I just wow, I just said now that. you're gonna you just I set j- yourself up. I just for- said the word nobody, and I'm about <laughs> to just, say like I, I, I just I just buried myself in this one. But like I was looking at the rankings and I was thinking I was like, <laughs> oh, hey, I can't wait. You know, I bet you already know the name I'm going. I, I you can't go. Blagoy Ivanov, come on, let's go do a oh, fight. Oh, that's good. That wasn't the name you were, no, who I, were you the thinking? first one. Uh, now, now you bury yourself. guy. <laughs> now you bury yourself. Yeah, I feel guilty. I have. I feel terrible saying that, but but yeah, I, those fights are worth. So let me. Get, but here's the other thing too. I don't think you really want to see him against a wrestler, and maybe I'm wrong in that regard. I don't think fans want to see John Jones against a wrestler. So to me, I take the name Curtis Blades out of the equation. I know Curtis Blades and yeah. Derek Lewis already have a fight lined up, but I'm saying. I don't know when this heavyweight fight is going to take place with John Jones, but I'm taking that out of the equation. Ooh. Even though Curtis Blades is de facto number one, I think you take him out because I think the thing is people want to see can John Jones take the punch of a heavyweight. That's yep. what they want to see. Yep. So I'm going to throw out two names that aren't number one contenders, that that aren't necessarily, you know, if you beat them, you're clear number one, but that I think make, may make some sense given the circumstances. I will give you two names. One of them already has a fight. He happens to be fighting a no-name coming up, but you never know what could change. I'll give you two names. Junior Dos Santos okay. or Alistair Overeem. Ooh, what do you think about those? You're much higher up the, 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 the food chain. Oh, yeah, you were, were going to go. go a little further down? Give I was going to go further down. All right, let's hear what you got. Cyril. Oh, let's see. No, that... It dangerous as hell. He's dangerous as hell, but he doesn't have a lot of UFC experience. I know, but he's that, still kind of fresh into it. And I just think he's one. He's not going to. He's going to want to stand. Mm-hmm. He's going to want to bang. So Jones is going to be able to. Jones will have the takedown right. uh, edge there. there. He's going to be quicker moving. And I mean, I just think it's it's not as dangerous as throwing him to the top five. But it's a guy that's get he's getting some some sort of you know push behind him a little bit. Right. Like he he is going to be all he's one or two good finishes away from being immediately up in that push. Right. And if he would get a win over like a Jones, even though Jones was coming up, I think it would be a, a huge huge push. But I don't know that name jumped out. Um, I like in terms of the stylistic matchup. I like where you're going with that. I really do. That would be a fun test, a good test. 
I just feel like if you're putting John Jones in a fight, it has to have name recognition. It has to have name recognition. Unless he's unless he's fine with not. Uh, I mean, unless Jones is. I mean, unless the UFC is like, well, we need to make sure we have name recognition so we can get our money's worth of what we're putting in it. But at this point, you could almost put anybody against Jones. Could you, could you, could you go? Because it, it probably could you go Could you go Jarzinho? Ooh, that's even more dangerous. But I, I could be into that. That's, see, that's to me. See, that's what I was. I was trying to balance. I was trying to balance danger versus name recognition and I a striker. That's even. That's almost. I, a, I mean, I think, even though he's more, he has more power. I would almost lean heavier on Jones. Victory in that fight. You think he'd have? Because I think right. I think it would be able to evade the power if a we lot were, more. I bet so. you're right. If we if we were talking about like opening betting lines, yeah, I bet it's. I bet the. I bet he's way more of a favorite against Jairzinho. I I I totally agree. I totally agree. I mean, I think th- I think they're gonna want to. I just. It's going to be tough because, you know, do you bring him in and then immediately try to say it's going to be the way they've been doing pay-per-views and other ones, you know, they're always trying to put these these title bouts on these pay-per-views and all this other stuff. Do you try to bring him in against – I mean, if you're going to try to mimic a, a main event, you have to have a big name, but that doesn't make sense for his first bout at a heavyweight. Do you put him as a main event and then watch Jones get starched if that is the case? Not saying that that would happen. Right. But remember when they were, they were so hyped on the Fox fight, that very first one on Fox, and it was bloody and it was over in like no time or whatever. Sixty minutes of talking and sixty seconds yeah. of fighting. Right? So, uh, just they, I think they would want to give him a fight that they could showcase his skills, put him up against an actual dangerous opponent, but not somebody that, um, you know, because at this point, I don't think they would have to make it a main event. Let it be a co-main event. That's what event. I was wondering. Like, could it be? Let it be a little co-main event, and they just put him up against some. Not that they, I would say give him a gimme, but they want they're gonna want Jones to win. Um, it's a pay per view fight, though, right? Like no way they give that to ESPN. I mean, I think that would probably be on Jones. I think Jones at this point in his career probably always wants, wants some sort money, of yeah. pay per view money out of it. I would agree. I don't think he'd step away from it, but um, and UFC is probably like, hey, well, I mean, they already got their money. It's not like they're gonna get more money if they put him the other one. But I think that you know they're gonna. I think his first fight is not going to be against the top five guy. I just think they're going to – maybe his second fight. I think his second fight would because at that point, if he gets two or three wins, the way that the heavyweight division is, you you rack up three wins or so, you're like the number one contender. Oh, no question about it. You know, so I think they, they just – it would feel weird for them to immediately bring him over and put him into a title fight, especially one now he's not the champ. Yeah, you got – Nagano has the, the, the shot already. And by right. the way, Nagano already has a shot – Curtis Blades is not very far behind him. You know yeah. what I mean? Other than the fact that he's lost to Francis. Yeah. He's, he's right behind him as well. I mean, Francis's power is just just crazy, freaky, scary. Like, I I worry a little bit more of Jones going straight into that one. But John is a big boy. He's big. He is a big man. So, like, even a lot of these other guys, Cyril, a lot of these other ones that have a lot of power, Jones is just a better overall athlete, more – tools so i'm not as worried about him getting in there with some of these guys that most people might say on paper are stronger punchers more dangerous punchers because jones he he can one he can take a punch but he's just so elusive i mean he's got so many tools with his legs his spinning attacks how he works so well 
going, you know. Dagon is the scariest guy in the division, even for Jones, just because right? I mean, just because he's got one shot power. Like Stipe, he can Stipe sort of glance you with a punch, and he knocks you out. Stipe could absolutely beat him. I mean, yeah. Stipe showed against Cormier the type of uh, yeah. the type of dominance he can have in the clinch. Because I mean, that's what's going to happen, right? Yeah. John, I don't think John's going to want to set up and kickbox with anybody at heavyweight. I think John's going right. to want to. Let's, let's get in the clinch. Let me get you to the ground if I can. Otherwise, let me do some damage right. to the clinch. If I can get on top of you, I'll get on top of you. Um, I don't think he's going to want to just stand and trade. And, and uh, I mean, be interesting to see Jones with another 25 pounds on him. You know, how so strong and how big he actually is. I mean, we. I mean, be interesting to see those – those those twiggy legs get all bulked up, you know. It's so crazy because his frame, his top half is so big, and these that those really lean, muscular legs. Um, it'd be interesting to just see him come in there, just all all yoked out. I am excited for that. I'm excited. I, I do hate that we're not going to see uh, the Dominic Reyes rematch because I I mean I did th- I did score for John Jones, but I did think Dominic yeah. definitely did enough that he deserved a rematch, um, and I was excited to see the second They'll time fight around. Again. And I dude, I love the fact. That Dominic just kind of likes messing with him, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he just like likes talking trash to him, or whatever. Well, it makes sense. I mean, because he's setting up the possibility that that fight. Because all you can do is just hope that you're going to get that fight. Because he knows that's money, you know. So I don't fault anybody for talking a little junk, especially as he's leaving the division, because he he knows that he could come back down for it yep. at, at any particular point. And at some point, Reyes might want to go up himself. If Jones never comes back down and stays at heavyweight. At some point, all the light heavyweights usually go to heavyweight. It's true, you know. So I'm I'm sure they'll meet yeah, again. Dominic's not a small guy. Like he could, he he's could a big comp- boy too. He could compete at heavyweight. Yeah, absolutely. he's a big boy. All right, so here's an interesting question: Bellator 244 is this weekend. John Jones is not gone yet from the division, but he is essentially gone from the division. Uh, we know that Daniel Cormier, of course, uh, is retired, and I be- I believe Daniel Cormier is done. I really yeah. do. So now Ryan Bader and Scott Coker are saying, you know what? Our main event is to determine. The best light heavyweight in the world. And first of all, I mean, you can't say that for Vadim Nemkov. No disrespect to Vadim Nemkov. But Ryan Bader has a, a, a pretty interesting little claim to it, right? I mean, uh, it would certainly come with an asterisk. I mean, right? Like, you're number one in the division because two of the greatest of all time just left the division. I mean, yeah. that's not your fault. It was new to control your own. But but it is an interesting argument. Now, uh, right now, if you look at the MMA Junkie rankings, which you should. I mean, what other rankings would you really look at? We have Ryan Bader at number three. At light heavyweight, okay? Behind John Jones, behind Dominic Reyes. Uh, we also have him at number seven in pound for pound uh, because, of course, he is a two-division champion. He's, he's done some things at heavyweight as well. Currently right now, Ryan Bader 12-1 in his past 13 fights. Now, that does include some fights in the UFC and includes his Bellator run as well. Uh, the lone loss during that time uh, was to, to Anthony Johnson. But, you know, he's got some some decent wins in there. I mean, you're talking about, of course, you know, last time out, you're talking about the all-time great in, uh, in well, it's the last official timeout, I should say, Fedor Emelianenko. He had the the, yeah. no, the no contest with Chicago. But Fedor Emelianenko, which I understand it's not the same Fedor, but it's still a name. Matt Mitrione, not bad. King Mo, not bad. Linton Vassell had a little something going as well. Uh, but then you get into Phil Davis, little Nog. Ilar Latifi, the loss to, 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 to Rumble. Rashad Evans, uh, Phil Davis on there again. OSP, Fei Zhao. Has a young OSP. Has a young OSP. So, I mean, he's got some some notable wins. And and here's the other thing that makes what, it you didn't, interesting. You didn't throw in the Anthony Perosh in there? I, I, mean, I don't, don't want to disrespect, disrespect the hippo like that. I mean, he also <laughs> beat the janitor back in the day. We'll throw it all in there. Yeah, that's a big one. I mean, you don't want to leave that one out. Janitor, all right. that's awesome. Uh, uh, all right, but here's what I find interesting. Um... He could face Corey Anderson because this is what I always say yeah. about about ranking somebody number one outside the UFC. It's yeah. hard 
because you're not going to get the opportunity to fight big names. But Corey Anderson going over to light heavyweight, uh, you know, if Ryan Bader can beat him next, that would certainly add to his, uh, you know, to the resume. Now, yep. I don't know that there's a reason for him to fight Phil Davis again, but we still have Phil Davis in the light heavyweight rankings, uh, I believe at number four right now. Uh, so you're talking about guys that are way out there. There is an interesting argument to be made that if Ryan Bader wins this weekend, he's the greatest light heavyweight in the world at the moment. He's number one in the world at the moment. Um, I just, to me, to me, the only argument is basically, and I, I think I'm right in framing this, the only argument if John Jones and Daniel Cormier are absolutely out of the equation is, is he better than Dominic Reyes? Because to me, Dominic Reyes has a, a, a pretty strong claim based on the performance against John Jones, right? Most people, I, I say most people, a lot of people think that he beat John Jones. Yep. Now, he also, you look at, you look at Dominic Reyes' win, Chris Weidman, okay, kind of a diminished Chris Weidman. I think we'd have to admit Vulcan Uzdemir, Vulcan's, Vulcan's respectable, OSP also on there. Jared Cannonier, which by the way, that Jared Cannonier win is looking a lot better now than it was when it happened. Uh, and then you go back and you look at you know Jeremy Kimball, Joachim Christensen. Those those guys were um, were overmatched, no question about it. But I think there's an interesting case to be made. But I think you got to put a lot of weight in that John Jones result. I know it was a loss. I think Dominic Reyes is still number one in the world at this moment. Uh, we're not going to take John Jones. And I can tell you right now, we won't take John Jones out of the rankings uh, until he competes at heavyweight. We'll leave him at light heavyweight. So it's not going to be the MMA junkie rankings. So I guess we're just kind of discussing, you know, theoretical. But if if you consider that he's out, if you consider that Cormier is out, if he wins this weekend, let's say, let's even say, let's even add the caveat that he wins impressively. He comes out there and mm-hmm. beats a very tough Vadim Nimkov, knocks him out in two minutes. You know what I mean? And it's not, it dominates him, knocks him out in two minutes. Is Ryan Bader the best light heavyweight on the planet, or is Dominic Reyes the best light heavyweight on the planet, or is somebody else in there that deserves that discussion that that I'm not including in there? I think you raised a, a great point. I and it's hard to. Uh, you know, like you said, Dominic has, has beaten some good fighters, but I think in my mind, just the list of who's who, even though some of these cats were maybe not what they used to be, I still lean towards Ryan as being the number one guy yeah. right now. Um, I think Dominic is very, very close. Like, if they were walking side by side, he's just half a step behind them. I right. think just in terms of looking at who he's – who he's beaten, and the fact that Ryan's been able to jump between weight divisions, perform at a high level at a heavyweight division. You've got to give him credit for that. You've got to give him credit for that. I mean, um, and then being able to go down and perform. You know, is he now fighting guys that uh, maybe aren't at the top game? He's not fighting John Jones. He's not fighting the, the most dangerous guy at the light heavyweight division, but he's still fighting top competitors. And when you're looking at you know, in my mind, when I couple it to who he has beaten him, it just carries a little bit more weight. But that's no slight to Dominic. I mean, and the the big difference also in my eyes, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm giving credit to um, Ryan. It, he's doing it also. He's seven years older than Dominic. He's still fighting at a higher level. So I guess in my eyes, it's like when when Ryan, if he, if he did get a loss, I mean, Dominic would, would catapult above. But just being able to do what Ryan's doing at that sort of edge of his prime. You're looking at the whole body of work, right? Yeah, You're adding I mean, the whole body just, of work. It's tough to, to put what – while even though Ray is 
could have possibly beaten Jones in some people's minds, and he put on a great performance. Everyone is capable of an outstanding performance and going out there and just doing the best that day. Now, if Reyes would have went out there and didn't look so good but still got that L, would people even be having that same conversation? Absolutely not. It's just the fact that he had a great showing. Let him show another great one. Let him just go in there and starch, get the belt, and then I think people can then be like, okay, this is not that was not a one off like just complete perfect show and event. Right. Like his his stock is he's consistently at the very very top of the game, and I think Bader has just been showing that that he is consistently winning at the top of his game. He's doing what he does. It might not be the prettiest. But he's winning in convincing fashion that, you know, he's dominating some of these guys. So until he takes that loss, uh, I would still lean towards Ryan. But uh, I say that with the caveat that in in a couple years, you know, Ryan's probably going to be gone. Of course, yeah. yeah. You know, and uh, there's no shame being behind, slightly behind a guy like Ryan Bader. Um, I think Dominic, even though as much as he, you know, all these guys say they're the best fighters in the world, if you were having them side by side and they both were looking at each other's resume on paper, I think Dominic would agree or just be like, he wouldn't be upset about the fact that some people perceived that Ryan was just slightly ahead. Because when you look at the names on his list, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful list. Well, and that, that to me is a key point too, because sometimes when I see people debating rankings, because here's the thing, if Ryan Bader and Dominic Reyes were to fight right now, I'm not sure I wouldn't pick Dominic Reyes. Sure. I'm not sure I wouldn't pick Dominic Reyes. But that, to me, is not the way rankings work. Right. Rankings, to me, are like a snapshot of accomplishment. Right. You know what I mean? Where you stand and what you've done. And, 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 I, and I see That's people like saying, like, who would us. you choose to be in a street fight with you? There's a hell of a lot of fighters that might not have the best record that you're like, That's I right. want that guy to That's be on right. the street fight with me. Yeah, you know, I don't, it's just I, different criteria. I agree with that. And I remember, I think it was years ago, having an argument. Uh, not really an argument, but just a you know, fun discussion over some beers. Uh, I believe with with Brett Akimoto. That's argument. like every discussion. Like every discussion. Yeah, basically, I, I, yeah, I've probably had a discussion with beers. beers. Uh, no, but you know, we were talking because I, you know, we were having, and I don't remember who we were talking about at the time, but I remember thinking if if you were going to say because I remember he, I think he pointed out the fact he was like, well, I can't rank somebody over another guy if I would pick that guy in a fight, and I'm like. No, that doesn't work because, like, if that's the case, then when John Jones was 8-0 and I was already sold on the fact that this guy is a future UFC champion, then that means i got to rank him number one right now. But, no, you don't, you don't get ranked on the, on the, on the skill level. Yep. You don't get ranked on the abilities. You get ranked on the accomplishments. Yeah. Once, once you've got the, the check mark in the box or you've got the mark on the wall or however yep. you want to say it, that's when you get the yeah. rank as far as I mean, as I'm how concerned. many people were looking at Khabib on his way up and were like, this dude is a future champ, but you Absolutely. can't put him as the the number one until he gets there. That's it. So all right. So here, so here's an interesting art because I, you know what, I'm torn. <laughs> I think right now I might go Dominic Reyes, but you actually made a pretty damn convincing argument that it, that it should be Bader, and I don't know that I necessarily disagree with you. So here's where it gets real interesting to me is let's say Bader goes out and smokes Nimkov, and then let's say uh, Dominic Reyes wins in incredibly unconvincing split decision fashion over Jan Blahovich, a guy that. Let's be honest. I mean, Blahovich is perennially like disrespected and underrated. I mean, he is on a solid run right now, and, and he, you know, he deserves a little bit of respect. But he's, you know, he's somebody that had a handful of losses recently, and uh, you know, isn't considered one of the all-time greats by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, 
at that point, would that be a more convincing argument in, in, in Bader's? Like, is that what we're sure. hanging on? That, you know, if, Do- if Dominic Reyes goes out and just starches Blahovich, then. Because normally, yeah. in our MMA junkie rankings, and I think most people rankings, the UFC champ is pretty much number one. And again, that's not because we give it to them by default. It's just that if you're, if you're UFC champ, you've probably beat some pretty damn recognizable names on the way to the top. You've put some skins on the wall. You know what I mean? Yep. But if, Blah- if, if, if Reyes wins. But it's not especially convincing. That might be. That might be a little. I would still keep the on the same. But yeah. you, but if you if, but you you said it though. If if he goes out there and just literally destroys him, I would probably I would switch it and be like, okay, there's the consistency there. You can't at that point deny what he's doing. At that point, you can't hold it against him that he doesn't have the same roster because right. at that point. He's starching everybody that's in front of him. He's starching everybody that's at the top of the And he went toe-to-toe with the GOAT, potentially the greatest of all time. Yep. He's one one fight away. So, yeah, in my mind, this is the fight. This is the fight to determine whether he would We're going to find out a lot in the next month, right? Yeah, We're going to find out a lot in the next month. I will say Bellator 244, uh, our man Nolan King is out there. What am I saying? I'm on furlough. He's not our man. MMA Junkies man Nolan King is out there. Uh, No, but uh, I will say uh, uh, he's got full coverage out there, doing a great job as always. He spoke to Fedor Emelianenko. Today, he's, he's out there grinding in the fight sphere. Um, I will say this main card, outside of Bader Nimkov, I am intrigued by Bader Nimkov, so if you're listening to this on Friday morning, the way most people do, tune in if you can, Paramount and zone. I'll be watching from home. Bader Nimkov is a big fight to me. The The rest of the main card, not incredibly uh, compelling to me, if I'm, if, if I'm just being honest. Uh, I mean, Roy Nelson is on there. He is a massive underdog against Valentin Moldowski. Um, Julia Budd is on there, but she's a huge favorite there as well. Uh, you know, it's just it, it doesn't get me incredibly excited if I'm being honest. And and by the way, we'll talk about the USC shortly. I'm kind of in the same boat on that one, so it's not like I'm just trying to take pot shots at Bellator here. Yeah, um, just not a lot that's getting me super super excited. Um, I will say by the way, uh, Yaroslav Amoslov, the undefeated 23 and 0 fighter on the undercard, kind of uh, makes me wonder a little bit what's going on there. I'm surprised that he's not um I'm surprised that he's not featured on the main card, if I'm being honest with you. Um I, I don't know why he's not on there. Uh, Chris Brennan, uh his uh his son is on there, Lucas Brennan as well, which I, Chris Brennan may not mean a lot to a lot of people, but if you're an old school um MMA fan like me, then he's certainly going to mean something to you. And of course, uh, he, he lives in the Dallas area as well, so that's something a little, you know, a little, little added extra. But Chris Brennan was around for a long time. And then Goyito's on there against Josh Hill um, on the prelims as well. Uh, and not to disrespect Outlaw and Piccolotti, that could be a great fight as well. But um, I don't know, man. I'm just a little surprised with. I, I mean, I guess you got to put Bud on the main card. You got to put Roy yeah. on the main card because of the name recognition. Because the name. Yep. Um, but I don't know. Josh Hill and Eric Perez, I thought maybe could have deserved to be on the main card. Maybe Outlaw Piccolotti could have been on the main card potentially. But I, I, Amosov, the 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 undefeated twenty. I mean, that record is just gaudy at this point. Whether you think he's the real deal or not, I, I would think you want to start getting him a little love. And I know you want people to tune into your stream as well. But I don't know. Just the this, the card is built kind of weird to me. If I'm being honest. Yeah, I mean, but the only fight. I mean. I mean, no offense, to the 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 Salter fight, but that'd be the only one that I would I would think that that have the possibility of moving off that main card. Everybody else on there, you got to keep on there. You can't. I mean, do you, I mean, you, you have to keep Bud and Nelson, even I mean, though she just according lost to, the belt to, well, to Cyborg. I mean, Bud was very, very dominant, you know, up until that point. I mean. And Roy, you probably paid a lot of money for, and he's a big name. And that's it. I mean, people still love him. I mean, love him or hate him, you know, like people love Roy Nelson. Just there's something about him. And, uh, 
he's the kind of guy that he would never let Coker live her down if they put him on the prelims, probably. Oh, it wouldn't even be Roy that'd have to deal with it. It'd be his wife. Yeah, it'd be Jesse. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. I, I think, if anything, the, the Salter fight uh, is the one that I would probably have swapped out with something. That I'm not quite sure what, because, I mean, you can't have it all just be your main car. you got to save a little love to, to some of the other ones, but well, I guess in the sense of Bellator, you really can just make on the main card. <laughs> that's all everybody really yeah, watching. Yeah, but I, I don't know, man. Like the Goyito fight, maybe. Josh Hill and Goyito, man. I think that's a good fight with two. Yeah. I mean, Goyito's probably the more recognizable name to. Uh, I guess maybe People he's that, not to casuals anymore, but still to yeah. me, man. I, still, I think anybody that going in there with the, the UFC credentials on their their history definitely brings a little extra. But that Sydney Outlaw fight, I mean, that's a that's a good one as well. But. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Salter brings it as well. I mean, I guess no offense to those guys. That that will just, be a good fight, but I mean, it's just like like look to me. To me, look at this. You look at the main card. All right, look. Uh, I'll, I'll pull up the odds here. Best fight odds. Uh, we'll, we'll look at the odds here. Uh, and this is courtesy of Five Dimes. Ryan Bader minus one fifty five. Adin Nimikov plus one thirty five. I think those are good odds. I think it's a very competitive fight. I'm intrigued to see about it. Then we uh, go into. I'm interested about here about this one. <laughs> yeah, then, Valentin Moldowski minus nine fifty against wow. Roy Nelson plus six twenty five. Julia Budd minus a thousand. Wow. Versus Jessamy Elliott. Actually, plus I thought that might be higher. <laughs> and Salter is the favorite at minus three ten. Wow. And so that's why I wanted like Nelson is a recognizable name, a huge underdog, but a recognizable name. Bud, of course, as you said, just lost the championship. But again, not necessarily competitive matchups, at least as far as the odds makers are concerned. So what's what's the value in building the card? Is it just putting the names on there or is it I mean, I, it is. It is putting names. On. I just. I guess I wish I was looking at more competitive matchups. But I, I get yeah. it. I guess from a from a from a rating standpoint and a marketing standpoint, you put the recognizable names on there. Um, and listen, I mean, I always joke. I mean, with Strike Force, you know, Scott Coker <laughs> did it for years, man. Just go all red corner on a card, and you'll probably yeah. do pretty damn good. Um, I don't know. I just. I. I, I guess I'm not. Su- I mean, I'll be watching. I got nothing else to do. I'm on furlough. But I'm not as intrigued because I feel like the matchups aren't that competitive. So I feel like I'm just – Yeah. I mean, I know I guess I'm not the person they're trying to market to. They're trying to get the casual fan to tune in. But it just seems weird to me. You know, they're, yeah. not, they're not real competitive fights. Outside of the those cards where they've been having these guys uh, and gals for these uh, – like the, the tournaments, like the featherweight tournaments, guys, you know, when you have a couple of the, the main card ones that were – fights that actually meant something some of these cards it just feels like when you look at this card it is about putting the the name value because a lot of them it's it's not like you feel like okay the division's really gonna move forward with this one this isn't one of those cards this is you know let the let the title thing play out the top and then throw throw some other name value up on the top but um i mean it's it should be some decent one but this could be one of those cards you watch and you're just like wow that person blew me away and maybe they'll be Somebody out one of these other fights that that does something, but it's not the most exciting card. Um, but just looking at, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued by the Bader Nemkov fight. I think that's probably worth the price of admission right there. Um, so hopefully that's a decent fight. Um, I have I've always loved Roy, so you know, um, of course. I didn't realize he was such a big underdog. I think I'm probably the only staff person that probably picked him, but I kind of homered on that one. Ah, you got to. He's a good dude. He's yeah, been he's there a for a long dude. time. He's always been great to us. Uh, I will say one, one last thing, kind of wrapping up the whole light heavyweight situation between USC and Bellator. I will say this, and this is obviously not John Jones' intention, but it's a byproduct for me. I am way more intrigued, as, as silly as this may sound to a degree, I think I'm more intrigued by fights now in the light heavyweight division because now that I know he's gone, at least for now, 
I feel like people really have a chance to be a champion and really have a chance to do things. You know, uh, I'm more excited by Mejeta. I'm more excited by yeah. Blahovich. I'm more excited by even, say, uh, Anthony Smith and Alexander Rakic and Glover Teixeira and, 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 and again, fighting Mejeta and all those things. It's just yeah. I'm more excited by it because when I looked at all those guys, no, no, no disrespect to any of them, but I'm like, yeah, but they're not going to beat John. Yeah. So I'm just like, they're like, so it's like, ah, this is a big fight. It'll to be see interesting who can to lose to John yeah. next. You know what I mean? It will be interesting to see who uh, who finally finds their voice all of a sudden mm. and starts chirping and, and calling out guys. Because I'm sure this is exciting for them as well. Because you're right. I mean, I think a lot of them would probably have no shame in their game or, or wouldn't feel any shame about making it to a title fight and losing to Jones, which could be one of the fighters that at some point people will say, man, I was lucky enough to fight one of the greatest of all times. Right. You know, there's no shame in that, being number two to a guy like that. But now that he's gone, a lot of these guys, hey, I could be the number one guy again. So a lot of people are going to start finding that All voice and start chirping and getting excited. So it it is exciting. But, you know, don't forget, folks, he can still cut back down. I know. You know what's funny is I hadn't thought about that until you said that earlier. He's going to come back he's like, at ah. some point. And at any point, and don't let that hurt your feelings that you're the number one contender and you worked your way up to the number one contender spot and John Jones decides to come back down that he's going to skip right over top of you. Can you imagine if DC comes back at 205? He's like, you know what? I just didn't get my chance at heavyweight. And John's like, oh, I'm coming back to 205 as well. Isn't that funny? I'll meet you back there, fella. So funny. All right, listen, I should say, by the way, if you like what you're hearing, make sure you do us a favor wherever <laughs> you listen. Make sure you're you're logged in and you jump in and you leave us a, a, a rating and a review, man. The more ratings reviews we get, it kind of helps us out, helps us grow the show a little bit, more people listen to us. Uh, I listen on Apple Podcasts, so if you listen there, leave us some feedback. I love reading those. Uh, otherwise, if you really love what you're hearing, Take it up to the next level. Head on over to patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow for as little as $3 a month. Uh, you can join our growing community over there. And, uh, of course, it is the exclusive home of all the post-fight and a half episodes, which is basically every week now because that's all there is. is Imagine if you Saturdays. had to do it after the Dana's con- oh, dude. The Contender Series I, as well. It wouldn't happen. It would never I'd happen. I'd be done. I'd be done. Uh, <laughs> but I enjoyed. I still do enjoy doing them. Of course, even though I'm on furlough, I'll be, I'll be uh, doing one as well. I'll, I'll steal some of the audio that Cold Coffee will be collecting from inside the uh, media tent over at the USA Front Apex. and center, y'all. And, and I'll let you know what I'm thinking and watching. Uh, by the way, speaking of Patreon.com slash Jimmy Mosher, let's give a shout-out to our man Christopher Shively, the latest addition to the uh, Hello, roster. Christopher. Thank you, Christopher. And while we're talking about Patreon.com, because when you're over there and you ask me a question, we're going to handle it. You see yes. what I'm saying? I mean, you reach out to me on Twitter. You reach out to me on Instagram. I mean, I'm probably going to answer you back. I do my best. I mean, I, I'm not trying to be – I know it's tough financial What you're saying, Sam, because you got a lot of followers. you got a lot of followers. It would be a shame if I didn't respond I, with my, like – 30 followers. I try to respond to everybody, but you know, I know not everybody can jump in on the $3 a month. It's tough financial times for everybody, yeah, and I'm trying to be real. equal to, to everybody that's out there, right? But if you're on patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow, trust mm. me, I got you. You're going to get you. something. For instance, it could be like our man, uh, Jay Gajulo. Gajulo. He, he said, he said, say it with as much emphasis as possible. He said, Gajulo. That's how I say it every I day. I feel like I just want to back. I'm going to slap something when I say it. Gajulo. Gajulo. Come here. <laughs> Come here, you. Uh, this was after USC 252, basically. Uh, at least I'm assuming that's what uh, brought this up, as you'll understand. He said, I'm curious to get your thoughts on what MMA could do to correct the eye poke situation. Obviously, they're all unintentional, but if a fighter personally gouges someone in the eye, 
they should be disqualified. Would using the type of gloves that Whitman and Gaethje sell make a big difference? Would you be in favor of using instant replay to identify eye pokes and automatically deduct a point? I think you have to penalize the fighter regardless of intent. They cause too much damage and make too big of an impact not to get involved. And... All right, so a couple things here. First of all, what's I, the matter, you? I, I like what Garz, Garzul. Garzul, what's the matter, you? I like what he's saying because you are right. As far as eye pokes are concerned, they ain't happening on purpose. I, I yeah. have yet to see an instance where I think it was clear that the, uh, a fighter poked somebody in the eye on purpose. Really? Now, well, maybe maybe <laughs> one or two, but you know, but but I, you know, listen, they're not trying to injure people. But I, I think it's mostly accidental. Now, there, the, the good question there: Would you be a favor using instant replay to identify eye pokes and automatically deduct a point? I really was a little bit surprised this past weekend, and I look forward to, to, to talking to Mark Goddard soon, maybe when we're over in Fight Island, of why he didn't use uh, replay there. Now, Mark Goddard obviously came out and apologized. He admitted he didn't see it in real time. Yep. Um, but, I mean, you could hear Cormier saying, look at it, look at it, as the replay was playing yeah. in there. And I wish Goddard would have done that. I say, and I mentioned this on the and a half episode the other night, is that on the one hand, I wish that Goddard would have gotten involved. On the other hand, I'm kind of glad he didn't because it was at the end of the third round. And because the foul came with less than three rounds in the book, uh, or actually it would be four rounds with a championship fight, uh, I have a feeling that if they did that, it would be a no contest. I definitely mm. wouldn't want to see that. You know what I mean? So, um, Not for his last one. No, like, right? Sorry, y'all. I changed my mind. I'll yeah, be back one I, more. Yeah, you We're see what I'm saying? I w- so I'm kind of glad it didn't happen because it would have been a no contest and that would have been ridiculous. Um, but... I was surprised that he, he didn't kind of evoke that use of instant replay to at least bring in the doctor and give some time and, and, and all those things. So uh, I was a little surprised there. Um, but to the greater point of how we fix this, uh, he mentions, uh, Mr. Jake Gajulo mentions that uh, Trevor Whitten and Justin Gaethje have, have partnered with a company called Onyx Sports. I think Rashad Evans is actually involved as well. I don't know if he's part of the ownership group, but I know that Rashad Evans actually uh, brought the glove to uh, the Joe Rogan show and the Joe Rogan experience and brought it out there. It's an interesting glove type. It's curved versus the current UFC glove, which if you've ever held a UFC glove, especially one that hasn't, you know, that's hasn't been used yet or it's being broken in, not it's it's flat. It's basically it's it's, it's very stiff. It's flat and it's stiff. That's the point. So not only is it flat, it's like a brand new baseball glove that you haven't worked in, you haven't that, done anything to soften it. That's it. You, when you so not only is it flat, so it doesn't do anything to help curve the fingers at all. It actually kind of pulls your fingers back. Like if you stick your hand in a brand new USC glove, your tendency for your hand will be to hold it just like that. Like when you squeeze your your uh, your your fist together, basically, it almost feels like you're pulling on a trigger or something like that. Yeah. If you can imagine that, you are having to pull the leather over. So I do believe that there is a real problem with those UFC gloves in that they are not only are they not discouraging eye pokes, I do think they are kind of encouraging because of how flat they are. Now, the one drawback, yeah. and I haven't held those Onyx gloves, the one drawback I see, and people say, look, well, you got to grapple, you got to use your hands. And you're right, you need the fingers uncovered so that you can grapple. I will say this. There are very few grappling positions where it's important that your hands are straight. Most times you're going to be clasping, you're yeah. going, you know what I mean? So the fact that your hand is curved a little bit is not going to be a huge issue. I will say this, and again, I haven't held it in my hand, but just looking at it, the way those honest gloves are, there's a because they're rounded and then there's kind of some padding at the top, it's definitely a rounded feature. And I worry that when you're trying to slip in a rear naked choke, which is one of the places that you do kind of want that flat hand because you're trying to blade in 
I do think that maybe that kind of bump, that speed bump that's on there might be a problem. It's already tough to get rear naked chokes yeah. now as it is um, because fighters know to keep their chin tucked. They know to pull away. But I think it might make it a little more difficult. But to me, yes, I think we need to fix the gloves. I, I don't think fighters are doing it on purpose. There's always going to be the problem, and it happens because – Somebody attacks and you try to push him away. I mean, Cor I mean Cormier po poked Stipe as well, and Cormier always does that, right, where he pushes his hand out, he, he kind of hand fights and frames. It's always going to be a problem, but I do think you're never going to be able to stop that. Like, you're never, like, it's just not human nature for somebody to rush at you and you to reach out to push them away and keep your fist closed. You're not yeah. going to. You're going to open your hand. Yep. Um, and so I don't know that the gloves would necessarily fix that because if your hand is open and it's curved, you're still going to be poking your finger towards that. If you're imagining, you know, the palm of your hand outstretched in front of you, it's still going to be curved. Your fingertips are still going to be facing that person. But I do think uh, a glove redesign would help a lot. And I think this Onyx Sports has the idea. We've seen it in other, you know, the Strike Force gloves were a little bit curved. Uh, the old Pride gloves were a little bit curved. I mean, you can go with like the old Jeet Kune Do gloves all the way back if you want to look at. It. I mean, to me. Long story short, I think that's the answer. I do not think increased penalization is going to fix it. I do not think um, increased rules. I mean, I guess any increased rules would just have to deal with increased penalizations. I, I think it's a glove redesign. I think that's what's needed. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know when it comes to the the glove design. You know what needs to be done. I do agree that uh, you're right. When when they get these brand new gloves, they're stiff. They're stiff as a board. Um, I don't know if they if they would just allow these guys to get gloves early on and I don't want to say a season but break it break in, in and let let them bring the gloves back the the commission or somebody checks it out and says yes that glove doesn't look like it's been diminished in any way looks good yes you can use this glove because you're right I mean I think if the the glove wasn't sort of forcing the fingers out that maybe there would be more of a natural bend in there because the glove is more broken into so I wouldn't be opposed to That's them a good point. letting them even just if it was reuse just broken glove. in more I think if it was just broken in more that you, you would get less of hell this maybe action. there's a way now what you're saying I think would be risky right like to, to get now I know what you're saying it's a great idea yeah, just as long as somebody but somebody just looks at it and just but, checks it off and makes sure what I, I wonder if there's a way that a manufacturer can do that. Is there a way a manufacturer can break it in where it's not I'm sure so the UFC, damned I'm sure stiff? if the UFC gets them, if they just actually open them up, do they get them and they're just in a box, in a bag? Right. They just never open them up. If they made it a point to get them or if they had a machine that could sort of just break them in for them, you know, get them, unseal them, break them in, reseal them so that they're actually more pliable That's what or I wonder because, it, it, like, giving the gloves to 24 fighters and saying, hey, we trust you. You know, I mean, uh, yeah. granted, we're going to inspect them again, but then going to weigh them. Yeah, gonna yeah, you're going to weigh them. You're going to visually stitching. inspect for no yeah. stitching, but you're still allowing, you know, variables, right? Yeah. You're still allowing variables. So I do wonder if the manufacturer could do something because that's a problem with those UFC gloves. They're not bad gloves. Yeah. But it's just when you get them brand new, like I said, not only are they not curved, they literally actively pull your hand back yeah. open. It's like it's like putting a book on your hand. They are yeah. not. They are not comfortable, and they are not. Uh, I, they're literally like anybody that's ever played baseball and you get that brand new glove and you're like, wow, it doesn't bend like I want it to. But once you put that ball in there and you wrap the, the, the rubber bands around it yeah, and you yeah, let yeah. it sit and you let it sit and you maybe put it under your mattress or do all the little tricks to break it in, then you're like, wow, it fits like a glove and it works perfectly. If they had the time to break in those gloves, I think we would get a lot less because even while people maybe had their fingers out, they would have more of that natural bend and they can bring them back in. But... When going to the instant replay uh, and that use of that, I would not be opposed. I mean, like, 
as for going to instant replay every time something happens and stopping around, um, that would be a complete pain in the butt, and I could see him not doing it. But if you have two and a half minutes, if you need to do an instant replay or three minutes, whatever, in between round, I think if there is an eye poke and there or some sort of egregious sort of foul, if in between rounds the ref could go to an instant replay, if he needs an extra minute to look at it, that's the time to let it work at it. And then if it is something egregious, then you immediately come back out and you you deduct a point or something. I don't know about breaking up the action, but I think if there's a way to do it in between rounds, I would love to see more instant replay mm-hmm. on stuff like that. Because if that was the kind of thing and, uh, you know, most of these things – they're accidents. So right. even if he did have the time in between the round to see it, it's not like it would change anything. So I could see where some people are like, well, why even just slow it down that extra minute? But if you have two and a half minutes, if the commission is doing a thing, it's not like uh, the the ref needs to be over in each corner. The ref's kind of gather himself. But if in that three minutes, two and a half minutes, whatever, he can walk over. If he knows or something, just say, hey, pull that up. If you get in the habit of it, it could be already ready and dialed up and look, and he can just take a quick look and say, all right, there's nothing to be discussed. Whatever, let's go in here and do it. But if there is something, you could say, hey, I, I clearly see something I didn't catch before. Um, you know, He could either go out and at least mention something, or at least if it's bad, just say, sorry, in the replay, we saw that this is definitely a factor, and it's it's you know altering the, the outcome of this fight. I'm deducting one point for this thing. I think it. I think it could happen. I think they would just because you don't it catch it live doesn't mean like it should be ignored or that it should be, be ignored. I, they I just need to that. work it in to when they can give them an opportunity to look at it. Yeah. I mean, granted, I get it. There's there's times you know like there's the you know, broadcast costs money. You know they buy a block of time. You know so they need to be able to get in and get out. So uh, they need to have this sort of thing. But it, it's just a matter of altering the dance. If I, you have a few minutes. It can't take that long. I saw some people floating the idea of having, uh, like, kind of a replay official, basically, like a second referee. But I will just say this. I will warn you with this, that I actually don't think that's a terrible idea, to be honest with you. Somebody watching, you know, that's that's an official that can communicate with the in-cage official that's watching, that can pick up on things like that, I don't think it's a terrible idea. Just understand, it's not going to happen anywhere except in the UFC. Like, they're... Yep. In these smaller promotions, oh, yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. going to be able to afford another official. Like right. the commissions aren't going to be able to charge. Like they're going to push back when you when you go to any of the regional promotions. Like oh, by the way, we've got to add an extra thousand dollars in officiating budget tonight because we've got to have this guy. It's like kind of like kind of yeah. like with drug testing. It's not like you're seeing that at the regional level. Hundred <laughs> percent. So just understand that is not a solution. That, that it if wouldn't you want go that everywhere. Solution, yeah. It's going to happen at the UFC only. So. Uh, that's just being realistic. All right, USC on ESPN 15 is the other card this weekend uh, out of the major promotions. Munoz versus Edgar. Um, I kind of dinged on Bellator a little bit. I'm going to ding you on the did. UFC You're a little terrible. bit as well. This, so this, mean. this is not a fantastic card. But I will say, I'm incredibly interested by the main event. And I'll give you a couple names that I'm looking for outside of it. But real quick, let's talk about the main event. Pedro Munoz versus Frankie Edgar. Edgar is an absolute legend. I say it yep. all the time, but I'll say it again. Yep. If you're a fan of MMA, you're a fan of Frankie Edgar, period. I can't imagine. <laughs> if, if, you, if you say, I love MMA, but I hate that Frankie Edgar guy. He's just way too nice, man. Yeah. His work ethic, I just hate him, you know. You got problems, man. <laughs> I just The dude is an absolute legend of the sport, you know, in and out of the cage. Um, an incredible human being. So he's a, a stud. I worry about this matchup a little bit. Um, he's for going Frankie. Down, yeah, he's yeah. going down to bantamweight a little bit, uh, you know, for this for, for the first time, and, and I, I I think you know that's good. I think uh, he's a small guy. Always has been a small guy. A, 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 amazing to think about the studs and the huge guys he was facing up at lightweight years yep. ago. But here's the thing that I worry about in the striking game: 
Munoz is no joke, dude. Yeah. And he's throwing elbows. He's knees. a badass. He's, he's legit, dude. He's yep. And so so I can't, you know, you think of Edgar, you think of the quick quick boxing, in and out, you know, blah, 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 you move. Okay, cool. I'm not so sure he can dominate that game against uh, Munoz. I think Pedro Munoz is a stud there. Now, wrestling. Okay, so you go, okay, well, maybe striking's not going to be his thing. Maybe he can turn to the wrestling game. Frankie's got fantastic wrestling. Absolutely. Pedro Munoz has that nasty guillotine choke and great great submissions overall, but especially, you know, you think about, you know, sprawling out and dominating from that front head position. He's really, really good at that. Uh, so that scares me a little bit. Then you think, well, but Frankie Edgar's got pace. He's got he's yep. got pace. <laughs> okay, well, uh, we don't know what he looks at at 135. Will he yep. finally be drained at 135? You know, will, will that finally be too much? Like, bro, you went too far, and can he keep it up for 25 minutes? And oh, by the way. Pedro Munoz has never been finished. All of his losses have come by decision. So if you're going to beat him, you probably got to go the whole 25. Now, yeah, fairness, like people look at Pedro and like, oh, he gasses out at the third. He, he doesn't gas no. out. I've never seen him gas out. So that's – I was going to say, if you're looking for one flaw in that, I think the last time Munoz went five was 2013. So it's not like he's a five-round guy either. But I'm just saying, you're right. We haven't yeah. seen him gas. So, uh, and he's a smart guy. I mean, like I've never, I've never seen him go in there and just – you know, to use a poor phrase, blow his load quick. Like right. he's a smart, smart fighter. So if he knows he needs to to hold some energy back and, and put it in there for 25 minutes, he's going to have no problem. And most of these guys will tell you, guys, we don't train just three five-minute rounds. Yeah, we're training for that anyway. Five rounds, seven rounds, eight rounds. They're training. Like I'm not so worried about his cardio. But you're right. I mean, coming down, dropping more weight. At some point with Frankie, he might have had to drop muscle to get to this point. So it's going to, you know – who knows what that does for anytime somebody's dropping cardio. anytime somebody's dropping i feel the first time there's always question marks i'm not saying yeah. it's a, i'm not saying automatically hey when somebody drops weight you should immediately bet against them i'm not saying that yeah but you want to see it yeah. you want to see it and he's he's coming in against the guys at the top i mean this guy was just literally contending fighting for the number 1 shot i mean like at the top of the at the top of the division so you know, as much as we said, like, you know, talking about Jones going into a different division, like, eh, that's maybe not just throw him against the cream of the crop. Frankie is literally coming in and fighting guys at the top of the division. I mean, he would want it no other way. Of course. It's not like, I mean, from what Frankie's done in his career, and as much as everybody loves him, and they, lo I mean, he's always great to have on the card, uh, you can't just be like, oh, well, you know, he's got to earn his way to the top like, like a rookie. No, you can't do that with Frankie. But he is literally going in there with a guy that is super dangerous, has, dangerous, has super tough hands. I mean, Frankie's got a chin. We've seen that tested over and over again from top strikers. He could take a punch. He recovers well. Um, he's good on the ground. Um, he's got cardio. But like you said, going into a different division where he's having to give up some weight, he's going to have to give up some strength. It's just a matter of, you know, uh, you know, how well it's actually going to, how much he's actually going to diminish himself to get down there. You know he's going to make it because he's professional. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's about as much of a pro that there is. But he's going in against a guy that I think for a long time we all realize is championship caliber. And for that to be your first welcome to the division is, 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 is tough. Because especially at this, I mean, I think as much affinity as everybody has for, for Frankie, you kind of want – you want him to go out on a good note. You want him to get good fights towards him because as much as I love watching Frankie fight, I realize as well, you know, he's he's a lovely commodity that's not going to be there forever, you know. I mean, he's got probably, I mean, in his mind, probably has 
fights and fights and fights. But, you know, we could be looking at a Frankie that maybe has like a few fights left Completely agree. in his career. Absolutely. Um, and he's starting with a huge, huge opponent. Because after this, should things not go his way on Saturday, where do you go? I mean, where do you go that's not a slap in the face of a Frankie? And that whole top of the division is, is just stacked. Beast. I mean, it's just killers. I mean, like uh, – No, it's crazy. Like, what a time so to be going to Bantamweight. What a time to be going to Bantamweight where there's just, nothing but killers. It's just killers because you don't want them to – you know, I'd love for him to get a nice easy fight, but that's below the top ten, and you can't give him any top ten – anything yeah. below a top ten fight. I just I, – I just – I guess I want to make it clear that I am not counting Frankie Edgar out. Frankie Edgar is a yeah. damn legend, and any time he finds a way to win a fight will he not pulls, shock me. He pulls shit out. That's he it. He really, really does. But I'm telling you, man, this is – I, I – you know, we always on, on when I used to do Junkie Radio a lot, we would talk about uh, you know, like gun to the head, right? Like there's a, there's somebody with a loaded gun to your head, and like, you got to pick the right name, or I'm pulling the trigger when this fight's over if you if you pick wrong. I'm going Pedro Munoz, man. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's just to me, there's questions around Frankie and the stylistic matchup is tough. So um, I'm excited to see how Frankie looks, but I'm a little bit worried uh, for for him on this particular matchup. The rest of the card is not phenomenal, as I said. So I'll just be honest about it. Um, I will say this, uh, just a couple things that stand out to me. Oh, Vince St. Preux did his uh, media day the other day from his room, whereas everybody else went in the thing yes. to do the media day. That scares me a little bit. That's just a little something, just, just a little something you notice behind the scenes that makes you think, is there something going Like, why was he in if quarantine he yeah. longer than anybody else? If he shows up with a mask tomorrow, uh, mm-hmm. then we're going to see That's what's true, up. yeah. We, by, the time, by the time you listen to this, we might have already found out this fight's off. I'm just yeah. saying. There's something going on there. There's a reason that OSP was doing it from his hotel room and nobody else was doing it from his hotel, hotel room. So that yeah. concerns me a little bit. Um, the one that I'm really excited about on the main card, Maria Agapova. Um, I wish everybody could just say Agapova, but they're saying Agapova. Agapova would be way easier. Uh, <laughs> listen, I, I think she's the real deal. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I think she has championship uh, quality uh, to her, and uh, she is a huge – by the way, we're talking about big odds. Check this one out. According over Shanna Dobson, according to the odds makers, she is – let me find it here. Minus 1250. Minus wow. So I'm gonna have a really, really another good week picks. Did you go with Dobson? I did. I think. What is wrong with you? Because I love Dobson. She is great. She is Dobson. She is fantastic. (laughs) I love her. Uh, But no, I, I, I. That's another one where it's like I feel like I've been watching these fighters through their whole career, just to the whole tough house, just everything. Oh, how do you you develop love for? Yeah, I'm just. I, I like Dobson. Yeah, she's. But I, I will say this: uh, watch out for Agapova. I, I think she is. Uh, I think she's the real deal. I will say uh, a couple of underdogs. By the way, um, talking about OSP, uh, he is an underdog, just slightly plus one ten. But it, assuming he does make the matchup, I kind of like him as a little bit of an underdog there. No disrespect to Alonzo Minifield. Obviously, I like Minifield. Of course, he's a Fortis MMA guy, so want to give love to to Safe Saud and and uh, certainly always love that team. That's Dallas, better. Texas. He's in town, man. He was trying to go to the gun range the other day. Oh, were you trying to? That's funny. Yeah, he, he hit me up, but he said he tried to go. Well, whatever. For anybody that knows that when you go to a gun range, you can either rent pistols and you can uh, go to the gun range, and it's not like that expensive. They were trying to charge him for a gun rental and ammunition, 500 and some bucks. Oh, my God. I was like, you didn't do that, right? And he's like, hell no. He was like, blah, blah, blah. He tried – they tried talking him down, uh, or he tried um, saying, "Okay, how about two hundred something, three like three hundred bucks?" I was like, "That's still ridiculous." He's like, "Yeah, I didn't go shooting." I was like, "How dare these companies just because they think that you know 
the the world has lost its mind. You can't go out and do things that they can charge an arm and leg. I'm like, you could buy a brand new gun for yeah. 500 bucks, and you want to charge that just to rent and, and for ammunition. So I was like, shame on you. I won't I won't publicly shame the name of the the range, but the range just happens to be that not that far from the Rena uh, residence. <laughs> I was gonna say Renaissance again, the residence in. So I'm not gonna say their name per you know out loud to shame them, but if you look it up on Google Maps, they're not to, that to a they're not that far. Right there. They might be really really close to a, a hustler strip club as well. Shame Shame on you, folks! But That's fine. but yeah. So and and safe's a very very good shot. So you can't you can't talk bad about his fighters. Not at all. I'm not talking <laughs> bad about his fights. I'm just saying I like OSP and with some underdog money. You know what I mean? Uh, assuming he fights. Uh, <laughs> I will say another underdog I like, and we'll see if I'm right on this one. Takashi Sato. I like him with a little bit of underdog money against uh, Daniel Rodriguez. Uh, I think that could be a little bit of a scrap as well. So we'll find out about that. Prelims. I'm going to give you a couple to look out for in case you're just you know. If, if you're a hardcore and you want to watch like us, I'm definitely going to be watching. Uh, Timor Valiev is a stud, and yeah. I think he's going to be next level. He's finally making his debut. Uh, he got a, a late opponent change. It looks like it's still kind of in the process, but the reported opponent right now is Trevin Jones. Uh, but he's a stud, and uh, you want to keep an eye on him. And uh, Mizuke Inoue. Yeah, I like Mizuke Inoue. I, I really do. You know, you look at uh, Mizuke Inoue, and you say, oh, 14 and 5, that's a that's a good record, but it's not great. But then you look at the losses. Uh, Verna Jenjeroba, which, by the way, how great does she look? Alexa Grasso, Carolina Kovalkiewicz. And this was very, very early in her career. Yeah. Um, you know, she's still very young at this point. So, um, I, I think she's somebody to keep an eye on as well. The brother of uh, Naoki Inoue, by the way, who got absolutely screwed by the UFC? If I could, uh, if I could just throw that out there, he was he was part of the the flyweight purge. You know what I mean? He got mm. kind of caught up in all that, so uh, I think he got hosed. But those are, those are people that I'll be looking out for. Look, I'm gonna be tuned in. Uh, that's probably not the best. Uh, you know, advertisement for uh, and a half that I've ever given. Uh, but, but you know, it's not the greatest card in the world, but we'll still be talking about it afterwards. So if you, if you want to jump on over to Patreon, check it out. Anything else that's just catching your eyes or something that you're excited about uh, in these matchups that, Again, admittedly, not not the greatest card. That yeah, it's not on. it's it's not the greatest card, but I mean, it should be it should be fun. I mean, Dwight Grand, that's fun. But yeah, you hit it with the Mizuki in a way fight. I'm excited for that one. Um, yeah. It did make me think about when you thought about when you're talking about the purge. It made me think about the other day when we were, uh, and I mentioned this in our Slack channel earlier, because uh, uh, BJ Penn's story picked up on it. When I asked Dana about, you know, you're signing all these hard hitting journalism from Cold Coffee. And I was like, oh, what am I doing? I, even though I was trying to give him a chance to kind of just spin it and then he just kind of said whatever. But it was like, you know, you're bringing on all these fighters. Uh, onto the roster, you're signing all these people, you know, kind of, I guess, my lighthearted question that didn't really sound lighthearted was like, should the roster be worried about the fact that you're signing all these fighters? Or is it a matter of you kind of bring these guys on? Do they sort of sit in their own little world, you know, and then eventually cross over into the roster, you know? And he's like, no, they're all they're all part of the same sort of thing. So, you know, as much as we keep having these shows signing four or five guys, you know, at some point the current roster's got to be like, damn, they signed five more. scare you, right? They're t- they're signing everybody right they're now. They're signing so many people, and it's not like they're deciding, hey, guys, we're going to expand our roster because the new crop is so good. But I never thought about it when, you know, the, so the story that came out, and, you know, BJ uh, Penn was talking about it, and then uh, our another contributor that used to contribute for MMA Junkie, Trent Rainsmith, 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 Rainsmith was like, I see this as, hey, let's remove guys that are getting paid more with guys that are pay- paid less. 
I never really thought of it in those I don't terms. See it that way. But I can see the point, though. I can see the point, though. You know, these guys are coming in and getting who knows what the initial contract that they're I'm getting. Sure it's twelve and twelve. You know, which is a good bit less. You know, but um, yeah, it was just it was kind of funny that you know my odd uh, my just random question because I was like oh, I should ask Dana something that somebody actually made something out Cold of it. Cold coffee. I know. Journalist of the year. Journalist Next of year, the year. World MMA Next Awards. Next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, whatever. That's great, man. But no, I mean, it should be it should be a good night of fights. I mean, at this point, uh, <laughs> it's all blurring, to be honest. It's all blurring. Uh, the fact that we just had fights like whatever. Uh, two days ago. Two days ago, and then here we are with like a, a more expanded card. I do like the fact that two, uh, Tuesday nights, it's like quick. Yeah, five. We're months. like in and, out, in and out, in and out, in and out. I love it, but you know this one uh, should be interesting. But I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to get back in there. It's fu- it's always fun to get together with a hot tea, sitting in the back watching some fights and stuff. Man, so. y'all get ice cream out there. I never get ice cream, dude. Well, you gotta stop going inside because the the ice cream truck's only there till four. So you could either get uh, a snow cone, and they have like the different uh, uh, flavorings off to the side, or you can get a vanilla cone, I think it's only vanilla, uh, with uh, sprinkles or a chocolate dip. And you can get it in a cone or... See the hard work we put in in, in, in MMA, a cup. In, in, in Dude, Casey too. stepped it up last time. It was so funny because uh, Lene, when we were uh, in there getting ready, she's like... Did you guys go to the ice cream truck? I was like, oh, you're right. And Casey was like, there's ice cream. I was like, oh, dude, I was going to surprise you. Welcome to the back to the fold because they don't come out to every event. So I was like, oh, let me show you the ropes, young buck. So I go out there and I get my ice cream cone uh, in a in a bowl and it was dipped. And I was like, ah, you know, and I go back inside. He comes back in. He had his in a bowl as well with the, the covering, but he had a cone put on top of it upside down so you got the best of both worlds wow. so you got to eat the cone as well i was like here i am thinking i'm getting to show you the rope with the ice cream and then you come back in here and blew my mind with Casey like the off- from MMA fighting. yeah the, one one up it was you like on the, the ice cream yeah offering. it was like going to like in and out ordering off the menu i felt like i saw an off the menu item <laughs> that i'm going i'm looking for to get on saturday oh that's funny so yeah that's that's the hardcore behind the scenes all right that's get- what we're looking forward to most on saturday <laughs> I haven't I haven't had the ice cream yet. I'm going to see if I can find a way to get some ice cream inside the Apex. I'll, so I'll you can't leave once you go inside, huh? Uh-uh. Once I'm in, I'm in. Well, I bet, uh, well, you, when do you guys – I wonder if you're even over there in time. We're allowed to If they pull go. it at 4. I don't I'll have to look. Well, you have to, to drive yourself, schedule. though, right? You have to drive myself. Well, just drive yourself and before you check I'm in. a little early and get that? Yeah. All right, now we're talking. See? See, making, making shit happen. Ice cream. <laughs> All right, I want to get your thoughts on one other thing. Sean O'Malley, the fallout from this past week, continues to go on. He did a podcast today, or maybe it was yesterday, but it, it came out where, um, man, he basically said, like, he's pissed off. He, By the way, for, let me just first say that he st- it doesn't seem he still knows exactly what the injury was, which I think is wild. He says he's still got to get some MRIs done, and they still don't know exactly what happened. Um, which still makes this – I think this still makes this conversation tough because we still – I still think it was – the kick. I think it was the Marlon Vera kick um, that, you know, the the thing that we've seen lately with the peroneal nerve and the deadening. Of, I, I think that's what happened. But I, I preface all this by saying we don't know that 100% yet, so maybe I'll have to change my opinion on this. But it really doesn't matter because here's my real question. So he comes out and he says, you know, man, you know, what sucks is that I lost to somebody that I know I'm better than. That was, you know, it was just kind of what happened in my injury and my foot. He talked about – 
um, the, the, the the brace on his ankle maybe being too tight, maybe causing that an issue. He, he mentioned, you know, rolling his ankle several times. He, never, he, he did touch on the kick, but he wouldn't point to the kick and say that was the issue. Um, I don't know. It was just interesting to watch. If anybody hasn't watched it, it's, it's worth checking out because I don't want to take him out of context. Um, you, sh- you should check it out. And there are some clips floating out there, but I will warn you, don't just watch the clips. There was more to the conversation than just the short little clips that are out there. So if you want to take it in whole and make a real decision on it, um, watch more of it because I don't think those clips necessarily tell you exactly what happened. But So here's the so the first part comes out after the fight. His first social media post is a, a photo of him. Uh, it looks like playing some video games, smoking some weed, a couple of chicks next to him, and he just puts... <laughs> humbled and and i saw a lot of people actually pick up on that and go like oh sean o'malley look respect he's saying humbled like no he's saying he's not humbled he's saying i'm smoking weed with two chicks and playing video games like i'm not humble so you know he wasn't saying that he was actually humbled he was saying i'm you know i'm still me and then he comes out here and he basically just says man i know i'm better than that guy this is not the result and 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 didn't he, he basically said cheeto sucks i mean he didn't just give him any credit at all so i'm torn on this because on the one hand he's a young kid and his swagger is part of who he is and i think there's value to that you know what i mean and i do think there's value to just like having your first loss and saying ah that ain't gonna slow me down i'm you know what i mean I, i think there's there's as i said there's value in it and saying i'm i'm better than that this was a weird moment it's not credit to that guy. It's just credit to oddities, and I'm still the greatest in the world. But yeah, I think there's also a lot of value in stepping back and being very introspective and looking at losses and saying, what happened? What did I do wrong? How can I improve? How can I get better? What do I need to change? And I'm on the border with this one. I'm, I'm, on, the, I'm, I'm, I'm on both sides to a degree. I can't figure out where I'm, I'm standing right now, so I'm looking forward to following how this, you know, plays out moving forward was this and again I don't know exactly what you learn from this but is this a moment that that Sean O'Malley can get better and he's wasting it by pretending it didn't happen or is he wise by you know just blocking this out considering it a freak occurrence and saying I'm still the same guy I thought I was I'm still going to be world champ so I don't know does one side of that argument strike you as more one way or the other right now I know when you certainly can't fault him for his swagger, and you can't fault him for his confidence. I think anybody that sees himself as a future champ will have that unwavering confidence going in there. Um, I think the part of the part of us that wants him to admit that the his opponent was better in that night is the one that we want more maturity out of these fighters that you eventually see. That's a good point. But this is still a, this is a twenty five year old man that is still has a lot to go um in that aspect but also in in the terms of like swagger and being on the top who hasn't who which fighter hasn't went out there and lost a fight and just been like eh i know i'm still the better fighter he had the better that day unfortunately this situation he's not saying he had the better that day he's He's basically just saying he's like oh my my leg blew out my leg whatever but you know that's the thing is i wish he would at least it like if he said that like, bro, I'm still better. Like, I know I'm better than that guy. Like, you know what? On that night, but he's not. He's saying, like, he's, yeah. still, he's saying like this guy sucks. But he's also probably dealing with a lot of issues right now where he he's probably – there's probably something internal to him you would hope wondering, well, if it wasn't him, if his kicks and if he didn't whatever sort of push this forward, 
what in my leg is giving out and is this going to be a problem possibly uh, with my career me. and if that's that the, me. and if there is that thought maybe it's a matter of hey well I'm going to deny I'm going to be in a little denial mode right now and I'm going to try to push and get the most I can out of what is possibly left because if this is sort of the career that eventually could lead towards the end of his fighting career might as well you know keep the hubbub high and get some, you know, another fight or so. But, I mean, if this is going to be a, a recurring problem and if this is something that's going to stop him from fighting MMA, you know, maybe we only see him doing grappling matches or something going forward. So I don't fault him for his swagger. Um, I mean, I would certainly love him more if he would give Cheeto some respect for him doing it. But also, if he possibly knew that his leg was compromised going in and, and then something happened, and then he's like, well, my opponent didn't do that. Right. You know, I had this, you know, um, but they're never going to admit that they were compromised good because these fighters are always 100% before they go into a fight. Um, they never go in there with injuries or whatever. Never. Um, you know, I, I can't fault him. I mean, I can't expect everybody to go in there and be like a Frankie Edgar when he le- when he loses a fight and show a lot of grace and show a lot of uh, respect to their opponents. Um but I, that's that's not all of them have to be that way, you know. Some guys have a little more edge to them, and I think that could be just partially O'Malley's case. You know, he's just got a little more edge, and if he doesn't want to to do that, I can't fault him for it. I mean, he's still a young guy too. Maybe that's the kind of thing that'll change. Um, but we all respect Cheeto as well, so you kind of want him to get the credit that he is going. Um, but. Uh, it it is what it is, but I think he's got some other underlying issues that are probably on his mind because uh, if it wasn't any sort of leg kick that sort of exacerbated the inj- the old injury, then uh, there's some other stuff going on that that he's probably got on his mind, and that's I would a, probably talk a lot of crap to to get it out of my mind I, as well. That's a great point. I talked about the other night on the and a half as well. Like that's the part that scares me. Like, is this something that? could conceivably mean the end that, of his career. That could you know, never like, go away. Like, he's got this issue that's always going to be a problem. Yeah. Maybe there's um, a surgery that he that he can do. I don't I mean, I don't know what if that's something or if it's just a matter of, hey, you're always going to be prone to this. I don't know if it's the kind of thing that we – I think we just always assume, oh, well, you just go get a surgery, right, and it's just fixed, right? He'll just be out don't. for for eight months. He'll be out for a year. But something – it's some kind of structural don't. issue or some kind of bone issue, right. it's uh, – and again, I mean, look, this guy could still have – 10 years left in his fighting career. Yeah. We're just saying, like, what if, you know, what if that is, you know, an issue? So, I don't know. I, just, I, I think his, his – uh, this will be a story to continue following is how he rebounds from this because I found his reaction to be a little bit disturbing, but at the same time, I always say, you know, listen, in this sport, don't get mad at a fighter because you're like, hey, that dude's too cocky. Like, that dude locks himself in a cage with another yeah. human being who is hell-bent on doing physical damage to him. He better have supreme self-confidence. So yep. don't get mad at guys when you're like I, – I mean, if, if it's not personally your cup of tea, fine. Right. But understand the mindset that you have to have to compete in this sport. Yep. Part of you has to just be like, ah, it wasn't shit, man. It yep. wasn't nothing. You know? and, and who knows? I mean, he could be just you know putting a little log on the fire that Marlon's like, all right, well, let's fucking run it back. Heal up. Let's run it back. You know, I mean, I can't fault him for it, but you're right. I mean, we can't. But you would kind of like to see the, ah, you know, you know, Cheeto was just better than me that night, or whatever. Like, but I think it's because we just like the. At least I know for me, I like the the respect aspect. I, I like I like when guys can like talk when you as hug much junk. Talk, yeah, uh, they could talk as much junk as they want. They could be talking during the fight, but that moment afterwards, that respect where it was like, you know, 
Ugh, they just kind of bro it out at the end. I like. I love that. That's part. my favorite part of the sport. I love it. I love so my favorite part of the sport. I guess we all kind of expect that it can happen, but I mean, we've also seen other instances of other fighters that don't aren't cool with the other opponent afterwards. So um, I guess we can't always expect it. It's nice to see at at a point, um, especially when it's a fighter that you have affinity for yeah. as well. You know, so I know you have a soft spot for Cheeto. I mean, I, I know. Do. He's always been good to junkie, so I think a lot of people just want to see him get his but his comeuppance when it's when it's been deserved. You're right. I think that's part. But you know what, man? The other side of it is, is you said it, man. Just maturity. I mean, I think you pause because you said 25 year old man because you didn't want to say 25 year old kid. kid. Yeah. But you know what, man? At 25, I was a kid. Yeah, I, I was did, totally. A I kid. was a kid. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm 42 now. I was a kid, and and I know yeah. you you didn't want to say it just out of respect. But you know what? He's a kid. Yeah. He's a kid. I mean, I think we take a lot of them for granted because we see them fighting in the biggest organization, and a lot of these guys have been doing it for so long. But they're they're all still learning the ropes. That's, yeah, that's they're it. still figuring out. You and know, that's where what, they that, are. that's not being disrespectful or condescending to no, say he's a kid. Just think about where you were in your life at 25 years old. You know, if you if you're 25 right now and you're listening to this, you probably think, "What are these old dudes talking about?" Yeah. Like, I know my shit. I thought I knew my shit at 25 too. Yeah. Now I'm 42, <laughs> and I realized I didn't know anything at 25. You know what I mean? You so knew, you knew enough to get in trouble. <laughs> Now you know enough to get in trouble and back out of it gracefully. <laughs> oh, that's it, man. All right, well, listen, uh, we've been yapping long enough, and I appreciate everybody putting up with this. A lot of big fights have been announced that we didn't even talk about. We'll get into it. The schedule is going to uh, – it's not going away anytime soon. It's going to be keep getting crazy. So I'm okay with it. I know it's a little tough for cold coffee. Uh, I do want to say cold coffee as well. Uh, we won't peel back the curtain too far, but I know you're dealing with some stuff right now. So uh, anybody that wants to send positive vibes uh, cold coffee's way, he could use them right now. And uh, honestly, just uh, thank you for uh, thank you for doing this, man. Because I know yeah. it's not an easy uh, an easy time for you, man. So I appreciate I'm not it. dying, folks. It's yeah, not me. <laughs> <laughs> not that, but if you, but still, positive vibes is right. way nonetheless. <laughs> he could use it. Uh, in the meantime, I was tell everybody thanks for listening. <laughs>